All right, hands in. On three. One, two, three. Mama, we made it. All right. That was it. First time. I feel like it was good. I liked it. Yeah. The synchronization was there, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. We didn't even, that wasn't really rehearsed. I guess we did do one beforehand. Yeah. Okay. How, how's everyone doing today? Doing good, yeah. yeah Hell yeah. Good. We got Johnny here. Johnny's a good friend. Um, Johnny, have you been uh, practicing your drums? No. Oh, I'm not. no. Oh, no. A little no. bit. I'm doing the thing. Uh, the paradiddle? That? Yeah, the paradiddle. paradiddle. I did yeah, that yeah, yeah. A bit. Yeah, I've been doing that a bit. Yeah. yeah, you could literally do that anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I really so, do. So, the context here Johnny wanted to teach herself how to play drums, and I play drums, so started giving her a lesson, you know, and you did freaking badass. Thank you. You were able to do the whole I'm thing, a like no big. Now. And didn't you say that you're trying to teach yourself guitar too? I am, yeah. I'm a lot more far along on oh okay yeah and did you yeah. teach yourself like what was the thing that made you want to uh well I started learning it when I was younger because my brother was playing it oh, and okay. I thought it was cool and right. also I was like super into the Beatles and rock and roll and stuff so I really wanted to do it I took a class in eighth grade oh okay. and then I kind of stopped doing it but I'm picking it back up didn't you so, take a yeah. class too so you're about to be oh, at Valley band. View. I took the class at Valley Dude, View, actually. You took that class, Did you class take too? that class? Oh, wait. With, what's her name? With Mrs. Nordahl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I still see her at the gym sometimes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> she has her guitar on her. <laughs> see, I, I love that. I love when people... Mrs. Nordahl. Just... <laughs> Sweet lady. They want to learn something, and they just kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I feel like you... Because you came to me. You, you like literally were like, oh, I want to learn how to play drums. Jesse, can you, can you teach me? Yeah. I love when people do that, because it's like it's taken... It's it's putting your action or your your thoughts into action, and you're doing things for yourself. You know, like you're making yourself a better person. Which I feel like, I don't know. I talk to people, and they think that they're stuck in yeah. like their current, you know, being. Right. But they don't realize like literally anything that you want to achieve, you just have to try. You have to do. Yeah. But yeah. The thought has to be there first. That's kind of the open mindedness open mindedness thing right there. The belief that you could do something else because mm-hmm. people are so closed off to like. Oh, these are my skills and learning anything new. That's not me. Yeah. You know? Right. I think there's also, like, a big fear of change, too. Yeah. Um, that is huge. And, like, in the instability of possibly, like, having a big change in your life. I know, like, musically, there's all of these prodigies, like, the Beatles, for mm. example, um, started when they were super young, you yeah. know? And so, like, you think that, oh, I'm at this certain age, it's, it's too late for me. Yeah, it's too late. This, you know? Too late to do anything. Yeah. That is super true. But so many people get old and they have all these regrets and it's like, what? I am not going to do that. Like, what is the point of doing that yeah, to myself? Yeah. yeah. And like, since they went through that, now we never will have to. Because yeah. you realize, like, you learn from the things that you don't want to do. Yeah. Like, when you see that in other people. But I feel like the reason is, like, it, it creates this anxiety of, ooh, I have to take action or, ooh, what if I'm not going to be good? Mm-hmm. There's all these different things and, like, it, it just kind of that kind of festers and it creates like self-doubt all these different like little uh uh rain off kind of uh what what is the right word quality like just uh moods and emotions that mm-hmm. kind of send you down a bad path mm-hmm. but i know that you kind of went through some of that like through your life i, mm-hmm. I hope you don't mind me asking but no, it's okay. but like what what kind of was your your thing what was what was the thing that helped you get out of it, or what, what got you in it? Um, all right, well, this is a, it's a loaded question. It's a loaded question. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, I think I've had anxiety for pretty much my entire life, like, since I was a child. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, that could, it could go back to my parents' divorce. We could go into my whole, like, you know, therapy sort of rundown. But, yeah. like, um, I think a lot of it probably stems from my parents' divorce. And then, like, uh, I've sort of attributed it to not really belonging to myself um, in a lot of ways because I would... You know, I'd go to dad's house, I belonged to dad. I went to mom's house, I belonged to mom. I went to my grandma's house, I belonged to grandma. I went to Krista's house, I belonged to Krista. Right. You know, um, and uh, and while that was, actually Krista was probably the safest and most comfortable space um, mm-hmm. to be. But um, uh, I didn't have like a comfortability in like really like um, owning who I was and like what I wanted and a lot of times what I wanted was to be loud and kind of obnoxious maybe and be right. artistic um, creative in so many different ways but I of, I often felt very silenced so mm. I think that so these surroundings these different people you were belonging mm-hmm. to them you couldn't really be yourself yeah you had to be what they wanted you to be kind yeah, of yeah and everybody had their own different kind of beliefs and ways of life so my mom has always been a major hippie like she raised me like Wiccan and was, like <laughs> really really like into plant medicine and whatnot and all this stuff that I've actually like totally returned to but she was really into that my dad was a lot more conventional he had grown up Christian he wasn't he didn't raise me religious at all but he was very he didn't believe in things that he couldn't see you know right yeah um or that he couldn't prove he's just a lot more traditional that's such polar um, yeah, right? <laughs> and then my grandma is, like, super Christian and really crazy. Right. And then, like, Krista, I always got along with a lot better. And, and Carol, my aunt, yeah. we, we always were a lot more on the same wavelength. But definitely, Krista has always been more, um, uh, I don't... Welcoming? Well, no, welcoming for sure, but she's also, she and I are super different in that she's a lot more, like maybe analytically minded or maybe not analytically. I think she definitely I'm, has that analytical side. Yeah. And she, I think I do too, honestly, but she's more, what is it? I guess just, she's, she's really good with money, you know? Yeah. She's really good with money. I she's would say fiscal, been, but she, she's like, that's not a thing. Like don't, don't use don't that. It just means I money. But yeah, no, yeah, no, no, really yeah. goal oriented. Yeah. Yeah. And she's yeah. always just really had her shit together. Like, yeah, since we she were definitely kids. is. Like she, when we were like, I think she was like eight years old, and like what she really wanted for Christmas was a cash register. Dude, she's totally you know? about yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like uh, she's she's always been that sort of person, very organized. She's been saving her money since she was really young. Right. Um. She's always known what she was going to do. Very just like straightforward, you know. Yeah. And I've always been a lot crazier. She was always really clean. She would like we would joke that she was my mom because she would like do my laundry and stuff like that. She loves it. And I would be like we'd go to my house and it'd just be like. Like, piles of laundry just, like, all over the place. Like, I was always, like, way less organized. Like, very artsy-fartsy. I feel like that creates creativity, though. Like, because I I definitely was not the cleanest person. And my mom is, like, super clean. Yeah. But I had this... I kind of had this way more creative side than some of my other family members. And, like, you could see the quality change. It's kind of the same with with Krista. Like, she's, like... She's creative in her own sense. but, But, like, she is, like very uh um she's a doer yeah you know like yeah, yeah it's but I, I really dig that totally I, it's no it's so awesome. cool to it's see those a, different personalities it's a really cool thing to be i think like growing up i had all of these mixed signals and these mixed ideas of what was okay to be and what was not and i would be something different basically in every space that i was like to cater to what everyone else 
was, like what the vibe there was, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was really rough. And, and, and tying back to like, um, your like, maybe your, your space, how you keep your space if you're clean, if you're not, um, that, um, I've always heard that your space can reflect your mental state a lot of Definitely. the time. I've heard that too. It's like yeah. nature versus so, nurture, right? Like your environment. Um, I think it's, no. it's just, it's just kind of like what comes up. Like if you, if, if your head is all over the place and you're not focused, you're stressed, your you're having a hard time. Yeah, then yeah, your room is totally going to be a mess. Cause that's just, I don't, I don't know. That it's a reflection true. of your mental state, I think. That and is then true. Krista has always really had her shit together. So her, her space is always very nice. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's always, it smells nice. She's got like, like really high quality bed sheets and Diffusers. you know, like, like yeah, she's, she's, she's always got that down. And very like, true. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, I'm, very I've always been different and I think a lot of that does come from being kind of like spread all over the place and uh, I had two rooms growing up you know so like it was having to keep up with those two things and uh moving things back and forth and I've always been sort of a bag lady because I'm always afraid that I'm gonna be like it's like like uh, I used to leave my homework at my dad's house sometimes and it's like oh shit I'm not gonna I can't turn in my homework on time because oh, like God. I'm not gonna see my dad for another two days or whatever you know right. um so I've always had that sort of anxiety in me that like I'm not gonna be prepared I'm not gonna have what I need so you have two of everything um, <clears throat> basically twice the load yeah and now I just like now that I'm just like on my own I just have so much crap like I've had to downsize so much oh, but because I've spots. had the two spaces yeah but um. But I think that's, yeah, as, as a child, that was, like, something that was big for me. And I, um, they diagnosed me with um, asthma when I was, like, 11, I think. Um, and AD? Asthma or no, asthma? Ad- asthma. Oh, Like, okay. breathing. Like, asthma. Okay, sorry. Because um, I used to just, I would, like, suddenly just, I couldn't breathe. Um, and, but I grew out of it pretty quickly. And apparently, like, my mom told me I used to, like, take the inhaler, and it just would, like, hype me up a lot, and I would, like, freak out and then, like, pass out. <laughs> but, um, like, They were just drugging you. Know, you. <laughs> basically. But I think, like, reflecting on that, I think really what was happening was I was having panic attacks. I don't think it was asthma. I don't think I've ever really had trouble with that. Um, it was it was panic attacks. Um, and I've had that... Um, most of my life like there are moments where things just get very overwhelming and I can't quite handle it or even sometimes it just comes out of left field and I just like I can't breathe um so just randomly you know, yeah yeah and my my head is just like oh my gosh I'm running like a thousand miles a minute like in my head I've got all these crazy thoughts going on sometimes my body just feels paralyzed um it's it's kind of manifested as different things throughout my life but um like realizing that the asthma as a kid, am I saying it weird? A- no, no, no. I, I, I just, okay, okay. No, I'm, I'm, like I'm a drummer. I can't hear it all. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm partially deaf. <laughs> um, but the asthma thing has been, um, was an interesting way to kind of frame that, to see that like um, everybody knew that I had an issue, but they couldn't quite figure it out. Um, but like asthma was what they came to cause I couldn't breathe. That was just the only that, symptom that they yeah. saw. And I actually asked my mom about that recently. I was like, did you ever think that maybe there was, it was something else? Um, and she was like, yeah, I did. But back then, like they just didn't think that kids had asthma. Dude. Yeah. Or I mean, uh, had anxiety. Uh, anxiety sorry, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. They just didn't think the kids had anxiety. It's weird. We, um, we almost like think of children as like, no, they're not the same. Like they're, right. you're a kid, you're, you, you don't see things the same, yeah. but they have the same exact emotions. 
you yeah. know, than, than a, with adult. If anything, they probably have a more sensitive oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, feeling of emotion. I know I went through that too as a kid. Yeah. Like I, I went through a serious depression because I, I just, I love, I loved so much. And when people were not reciprocating that, mm. it really, I took it like as like a, like what is going on? Like I, I didn't, I didn't think people were mean. I didn't know. I never, like luckily mm-hmm. I was, I was very thankful that I never had to see a lot of that until I was in sixth grade or something. Yeah. And it took me through a depression, but going through it, it, it definitely formed a lot of the way that I think now, but go, go on with what you're saying. I'm sorry. I totally No, out. no, that's okay. Um, uh, I don't remember really my train, but it, but you're right. Like totally. I think children are, they didn't think that, um, yeah, it's, it's, kids oh be... yeah. They didn't think the kids had anxiety. And I think that's crazy, especially because this was like maybe like 2000 or something, you know, it really wasn't that long ago. Right. Like maybe yeah. even like later than that. Um, yeah. sorry, did you, did you want to say something? Yeah. I was watching this, um, I was watching this video today and it was talking about the general anxiety disorder mm-hmm. and there was like, um, I think it was four like main criteria that were someone that has that, um, that has general anxiety disorder. They mm-hmm. call it GAD or GADS? Yeah. I've heard it just called GAD. Before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> in order for like a doctor to diagnose, um, an adult, they had to have three of the, at least three of the four, mm-hmm. but children only needed to have one. Mm. In order to diagnose them and then prescribe them mm. anxiety drugs. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. That is. They didn't even, like, I think they didn't even take that into account. They just skipped that box. Yeah, they're just like, asthma. oh, well, like, the issue seems that she's not breathing right. Okay, so it's probably asthma. They're treating know? the symptom. I, 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 yeah, that's, yeah. That's a trippy thing. Like, right. you don't think that they if would do more tests. To, if you come to the doctor's office, like, this is my problem, you mm-hmm. know? They're like, oh, let me ask you all about that problem, mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, doctor's appointments are like 10 minutes, you know? Right. That's like the average, like, nowadays. That is true. And yeah. so they're just going to, you know, whatever your, like, um, complaint is, they're going to address that in into as much detail as they need to. Right. But not, like, the whole, like, picture. Yeah. You know? Like, well, what else could be going on with this person? Let's ask them about their life. Right, yeah. yeah. I, well, I think also, like, um, my uncle had asthma as a kid, and like, really bad, and, and he was, like, a trained EMT, and so, like, anytime something would go wrong with me, my mom would call him, basically. And so, like, he came, he would, I remember him being there a lot when I was, like, dealing with all of this, and so I, I imagine he probably was, like, seeing it through his lens, you know, yeah. he was like, I had asthma as a kid, we're related, maybe that's a, you know, genetic. maybe it's a genetic thing or whatever, um, and he could, he could recognize his own symptoms in it, so he probably just kind of projected that, you know, um, so, you know, I don't blame them, it's, it's like a, they knew what they it's knew. a rough thing, they knew what they knew, yeah, yeah. you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, so I think basically I've had, you know, um, anxiety misdiagnosed for like my entire life and when did you realize that it was anxiety <sighs> like oh wow um, this is just anxiety uh chris my um my ex-boyfriend right. um that i was with for like six years mm-hmm. um we started dating when i was like 18 um and i was they say you know like your um your physiology changes like so many times in your life or whatever and like 18 like the age 18 is like really specific I don't know if it's physiology but I don't know I heard this the other day but when you're yes when you're 18 there's like a big change like emotionally and then when you're 25 there's a big change emotionally and so um at 18 I feel like things were really like flaring up and maybe that was also just you know graduating high school 
going into college, you know, kind of having to be thrust into like adulthood, but I was having anxiety attacks a lot at that point. Um, and, or panic attacks, I guess. And, um, it would be the breathing, but it would also just be like rapid fire, just like, like thoughts of like how awful I was. And, um, like negative kind of self-talk. Yeah. Yeah. But it'd be like rapid fire. Like I couldn't, couldn't slow myself down. I couldn't see it any other way. Um, I also have had like a lot of hangups with my body. Um, especially like growing up, um, in LA, I think has been like, um, interesting just because of how like looks conscious LA is. Yeah. Um, very aesthetic focused. Yeah. And being kind of like a pasty white, slightly chunky girl, like among all of these like tan blonde surfer chicks, you know, it was always kind of rough. And then social media, Um, we were in the age of social media when all this stuff is being perpetuated. Right. And but even sponsorships, that. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It is, you know, even if it's not being talked about, like mm-hmm. people are, you could see it. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, that could, I could go on a whole other tangent. I just uh, did like yeah. my, my whole thesis uh, project for my undergrad um, was all about that. It was about like body dysmorphia. Right. But, um, but my mom has also, my mom had really bad issues with her body. She was bulimic in high school and like um, has always struggled with her weight, like going up and down. And, um, and she always told me, she was very open about how much she hated her body. And so I think it was something like that growing I took up, on. She, yeah. was, she would tell you even when you were young. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So like, so it was something I would internalize as well. She used to tell me to like suck in my stomach, you know, stuff like that. My mom that. says the same thing to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> she yeah, says weird. that to me all the time, yeah. It's super weird, but it like, you know, it's stuff that kind of sticks with you. And so like once I got older, I was 18 and like, you know, my body's kind of like evening out and at some point I started gaining a little bit of weight and like, um, and so that plus like, being thrust into adulthood and being in a new relationship and just all of this stuff, I just, it really hit ahead. And, and it was all stuff I'd been feeling for a long time, but I was really having a hard time. So I was talking to Chris one time and Chris has, he grew up in a more like kind of conscious space, I guess. His mom was like, was very similar to my mom and how like hippie dippy she was, right. but he only had her. So he like, so it was just that. Kind so of... he really has that mindset. He's really all about like staying as positive as possible. We both grew up in this like hippie church sort of deal where it's like, um, uh, the whole thing is like you create your own reality. Your your mindset creates what your reality is. That's cool. Um, that doesn't even sound hippy dippy. That sounds like <laughs> just a logical. No, it's true. It is. It's based off of a, a science. You know, it's like it's a it's a philosophy more than it is like a religion. Yeah. Um. But I I think actually that like and I could get to it later maybe it has been really helpful in like framing how I see things now and how I've kind of coped with things. But right. um, when did when did you get into the hippy? Uh, uh, um, what is that? What is called hippie hippie church no it's called um so the philosophy that they study is called science of mind um and like do you know about the secret have you ever heard of the secret yeah so it's like um it's similar to the secret it's the secret is basically just saying like you um uh, yeah your your mind creates your reality oh yeah whatever whatever you believe will manifest yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, as long as you really believe it you believe that you deserve it you know all of that stuff i mean they study Um, that so much like imagery is that oh yeah it's it's there's small micro parts but there's also Mm -hmm. lifelong imagery and and that's that's totally 
totally a thing. The, but but I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's yeah, it's absolutely a thing. And and when I was a kid, I thought like, okay, well, this is some religion, whatever. And everyone around me was Christian, so it's kind of weird to talk about. But as a like now that I'm an adult, I totally am like, oh no, this is just science. Like I'm not weird about talking yeah. about this at all. Yeah, just because it was um, a gathering kind of thing, it just yeah. seems sounds to the Cult-y. to the yeah culty. exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, but Chris, you know, grew up in that. We both grew up in it. I started when I was, like, 11, and he, I think, maybe around the same age. And his mom really immersed him in it. And he got really involved in, like, the youth leadership. Um, they had, like, camps and stuff like that. Um, so he was a lot more immersed in it than I was because I, I had it there on the back burner, but I still had my dad and my grandma and Krista and, like, all other, like, other sorts of, like, life philosophies coming at me, too, so I didn't fully get into it. But he did, and that was really beneficial to him and, like, and brought him up in in a lot of really good ways he was he was like he felt pretty confident that he was limitless at like you know yeah. a, a young age i mean i think that's, that's awesome. yeah. we were were born that way and then we kind of lose never it heard of this. oh science, yeah science, well there's science, like science. um the like the main book they use is called the science of mind by ernest holmes i would i would recommend looking that name sounds rad. very familiar yeah familiar. what is his background ernest holmes? um honestly i don't know i he's think he's, i think he's a psychology Dude, I don't know. Sounds but like he was, yeah. He, it was from a long time ago, like early 1900s. Oh, okay. So, yeah. He was like, he was friends with like, or he he was kind of going along the lines of like Thoreau. Um, you know, Thoreau, like the road less walked or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> less traveled. Yeah, so whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, uh, it, it came out of like transcendentalism. Right, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, I was 18 and I was starting to have all these like, really out of control, like, anxiety sort of symptoms, and Chris, like, having grown up in this more, like, conscious sort of, uh, life, was like, hey, you know, I've heard about this thing, anxiety, and I think that you have it. <laughs> that is telling how he talks. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how he talks. <laughs> and, uh, he was like, or I was like, oh my god, oh my god, like, this is amazing, there's, like, a word for it, and I think I, I'm really, I love labels, <laughs> to a degree just yeah. because it's really it's helpful to like to to know like okay there's a word for this thing that i'm feeling totally. which yeah, means totally. like maybe it's something i can look up maybe i can find something out something other people are experiencing too it's been yeah. documented it's a thing yeah totally so um so he was like i think you have anxiety and i was like oh my god i totally have anxiety you know and i was reading up on it and stuff and then so i went and saw a doctor and i started seeing a therapist um pretty regularly I started, uh, let's see, I started taking Zoloft when I was 18, um, which is a, it's an SSRI, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's, it's for depression too, but it's, right. um, but it has, you know, been shown to, uh, to be really good for anxiety as well, um, and I, I've also had depression you know, kind of on and off. I feel off like they're kind of correlated almost. Totally. They are, they totally go hand in yeah. hand. Yeah. It's just those intense um, emotions that are hard to control. It's almost just yeah. the opposite of it. It's like anxiety is too much mm-hmm. in your, in your, in your, like your body. And then depression is almost like emptiness. And at least, Maybe. yeah, when I was well, a kid, oh, yeah. that was like the, the type of, the type of depression. I'm sure it, it happens in different ways, but like, but like, there's this, like, you don't even feel sad. You just feel empty. You feel like there's mm-hmm. nothing in you. You yeah. feel like you're watching yourself. That was that was something that I had to go through. Mm. But um but with anxiety, when when I felt anxiety as well, like it 
it's still negative. It's, but it's, it's more emotionally negative rather than depression is like a physiological Hmm. emptiness. I don't know. Like, and, and with that emptiness comes negative thoughts, of course. Yeah. But, uh, but it, it definitely, uh, it hits in two complete polar different ways in, in for me at least, I don't know. Well, I, you know, I don't know what the, the actual like physiological response like for depression is, but I know I read one time that anxiety is like an overactive amygdala, I guess. So, um, so fear. Yeah. Yeah. So like fear and stress hormones, you know, that are like, you're, you're constantly in like fight or flight, you know? And so there is physiological, you know, aspects to the anxiety. That's why you, you know, you can't breathe or like, or you're shaky or shiver, you know, like, um, I, I would get really just like really worked up, you know, when I'm depressed, like then I'm just, I'm sleeping for days or something like that. And yeah, I feel that sort of emptiness. Like there's no point, like I'm just going to sleep for as long as I can. But the anxiety, it's like, oh my gosh, I have so much energy running through my veins, but not in a productive not way. Productively, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Like how lovely to use this, uh, this energy to be creative. But no, I'm using it to hate myself instead. You know, or or be afraid that I could die at any second or something. You know, yeah. um, actually, like there's this quote. I don't know who did it originally, but Chris told me this one time. Um, oops, sorry. No um, he told me that uh, anxiety is just excitement without the breath. And I love that quote. Yeah. And I think it's a little cheesy. Like, there are a lot of circles that use so it a lot. Anxiety is excitement without the breath? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And I think that's really true. And that's something I've really, I've come to embrace as I've gotten older is, like, you... Yeah, think, I remember you said that. I'm like... Yeah, right? Well, because you get into anxiety and, like... You stop breathing. Yeah. You like yeah, hold, you, you totally tense stop. Up. Yeah. yeah, and so much of it, at least for me, is held right here, like in my chest, you Dude. know? Like, and you feel that really tight stuff right there, and you can get really, like, locked up right here, and all of your energy just lives right the fuck here. And, like, what you need is to, like, spread it out. Yes. And, like, in order to, like, get that going, you got to start breathing. And if you can, like, breathe in and out slowly, you can literally, like, slow down your heart. Like, my, that, that was another thing I would always have like my heart would just beat really really Pitter fast pattern. yeah and I feel like I was gonna die you know like yeah, I'm like having a heart attack or whatever yeah um but yeah but you can breathe and you can slow that down and and it gives you a second real it makes you realize that you've got a second to change your thinking you know like when you're in anxiety at least for me I'm like oh my gosh there's no time like I have so many things I need to do I'm wasting my life away blah 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 whatever I'm thinking yeah um and it's like I have to make I have to do action right now I have to I have to change things right now and I think in a way anxiety for me has been a good motivator because like it's it's Gets pushed me yeah it's pushed me to do things that I know that I need to do not yeah. in a great way mm-hmm. but um but um Crap, I forget where I was going with this. Definitely. It could um, be like a healthy stressor, though, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, but It's just an, an excess. That's when you get the problem. Mm-hmm. Especially if, like, if you're, like, you have anxiety about giving a speech or something. Mm-hmm. You give the speech, normal people would be like, oh, it's over. I feel great now. Mm-hmm. But some people with this general anxiety disorder, they still feel that anxiety even after the speech is over. Right, yeah. 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 And it's like, well, there's a problem here. Right, because well, yeah. maybe you're thinking, like, oh, I'm worried about oh, what everybody up. thought about me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I totally messed up that one moment. Like, everybody noticed, and they're, they're just going to think about yeah. that forever. They're never going to forget it. 
Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. The, this is what they're going to view me as. Oh, yeah. God, I ruined exactly. everything. <laughs> yeah, you think of, like, these tiny things. And I think that bleeds a little bit into, like, social anxiety, which I think is covered in, like, in general anxiety disorder. But, um... But um, I've also, like, struggled with social anxiety as well, for sure. Um, what is the other one? <clears throat> like, there's social and then just by yourself you'll start feeling? Well, there's there's just general anxiety disorder, which is just, like, you have anxiety about a lot of things. And it's kind of hard to pinpoint what exactly gives oh, okay. you anxiety. But then there's social anxiety where talking to people in one way or another is uh, is very difficult. It's like kind um, of like introvert style I guess people because so. they're not always they they say that they're not people p- person you know yeah. they're not a people person you know, yeah kind of like silence yeah. I, I, but i mean that's like the extreme introvert i feel like yeah. everyone has like a little bit of both you know definitely everyone it's just moments oh yeah you know you're not you're not ever just one thing yeah you and know, i think it's also about your energy like if your energy levels are high then like you've got a lot of space for that social energy yeah um if they're prepared. low then you don't yeah um but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's this general anxiety disorder that kind of like covers everything, but then there's social anxiety, which most people say are like, you know, it's, it's hard to give a speech or something. You would have like, you would definitely have a hard time giving a speech that public speaking is super scary. Um, I actually watched this Ted talk. I don't remember the person who gave it. I'll have to find it and send it to you or something. But, um, this person, um, struggled with anxiety but what they found was that they were really good at public speaking and performing they did improv and stuff like that and that was like where they found comfort in life but then one-on-one with people they would like freeze up like it was really hard i know people like them like actors actors don't like to talk to people but if they're on stage they're fine yeah yeah I can be like that a lot of the time like i think i can like i i did performing all all throughout high school and stuff um and that was, like, a way that I kind of had a voice when, like, times when I didn't feel like I right. could have a voice. Um, but then, like, talking to people one-on-one was kind of hard. And at this point, I think I'm pretty good at talking to people one-on-one. It just kind of depends on how, like, open they are to me. How know? open. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you start self-doubting yourself. You're like, oh, I can't mm-hmm. be myself. It's almost how you were mm-hmm. saying when you were growing up with your uh, your mom, you had to be with your, your, your yeah. moms, you know, or your yeah. dads, you were with your, your, for your dad, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I think it, de- it depends on how much you feel like you need to perform for somebody, you know, if, um, if you're one-on-one with somebody that you don't feel very comfortable with, then you may feel like you need to put on a face for that. Um, I think really what's helped me so much, um, has been, um, embracing who I am and just being who I am no matter what. In, in every situation, I'm not different. I'm not, like, putting on a different face for someone or another. I'm just, yeah. this is being my, my level. Yeah, this yeah. is me. Whatever. Like it or leave um, it. Yeah. And I think it takes work to get there. But totally. um, that's, I think that's also where I, what has helped so much with anxiety as well. I think my anxiety was largely about having to perform, like, having people expecting things of me. Um not being what they were expecting me to be um and and being pretty different from a lot of my family too so like when it comes to the body part like the the body aspect of it all Mm -hmm. um you know my mom's side is mexican and so they're all they're darker they're bigger um my you know my other side of the family they're all very petite 
very light skinned. Right. Um, and I've always been, I've got the light skinned part, but I've always been a little like bigger, like my Mexican family. Right. So I don't quite fit in on both, on yeah, either you, sides. Yeah. I've always been sort of a black sheep. Yeah, and true. then like, I'm also an artist. <laughs> um, and you know, the Abramsons, with... you know, Krista's family, they are all very analytical, uh, analy- very financially driven. Um, not very artistic. Um, and then the other side, actually, like my mom said, they just, most of them didn't go to college. They, they work in the medical field largely, but like a lot of them didn't really go to college. It's, it's just like a whole different, yeah, sort right. of, like, different mentality, different yeah. thoughts, but yeah. you were, you were not either. That's, yeah. and that, that creates its own self doubt too. Like being an yeah. innovator is never fun Yeah. because like, you know, you have all, you have such a, no one's ever been here before, or at least not that you know of at least right. you're, you're, and you feel on your own, you have mm-hmm. to be. Like I don't fit in any of these things. Yeah. I'm I'm either all of them or my own separate thing. Yeah, and how do I explain this to people and have them actually like respect me for it? Yeah, because it goes back to are they open to hear that yeah. you are not like everyone? You yeah. know, people want to yeah. put people want to label people. Yeah. And so it's funny when you were saying that when you were saying like I like labels, mm-hmm. it brings comfort to know th- that you are this. Yeah. You know it, but life is so uneasy in that aspect because. Yeah. We don't know. We always thought our parents had answers. Right. Yeah. They're the same. They're the same. (laughs) Totally. That's when you know you grew up. You're like, oh, (laughs) so everyone feels this way. (laughs) Like this sucks. (laughs) But it's also really good. It's also really good. No, I think I think labels are really good, but I think that also labels are uh, need to be flexible. Yeah. Definitely. You need yeah, you need to be able to be flexible with how There's a gray zone to everything. Absolutely. Everything is a gray zone, absolutely. there yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Um but uh so I guess chronologically, um, you know, I started going to therapy and taking medication. What age was um, this at? Eighteen. Eighteen, okay. Yeah. So it was right when you first found out about mm-hmm. anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Um so I started going to therapy like every week. Um, this therapist, she was okay. Like, now I look back and, you know, she wasn't great, but she was a good starter. Um, and then, uh, I was on medication, took Zoloft. They had me on Clonopin every day, which now I look back, not good. Is Um, that a, is that a It's a, it's, it's like an emergency anxiety drug, basically. So you take it when you're having an anxiety attack and it brings you down. Like, you know, it like calms down your heart. People take Clonopin recreationally um, because it totally gets you high. Okay. Um, but uh, they were having me take it every day. Oh and so God. I like developed Damn, multiple a, times per day because it's like a fast once, acting. Just drug, once a right? day, but the, he just had me. My doctor just had me taking it at night. So like I take it before bed, and it was just supposed to like to to manage things, I guess. But like, do you feel I, like that worked at all? Or no. Did you still have anxiety during the day? Probably, yeah. Yeah. No, I always had anxiety yeah, during just, the day, oh, and then God. it would make me really tired in the morning. It was hard to wake up in the morning because I'd still be like kind of zonked from it. And I then I started like building a tolerance to it like pretty quickly. So. So, like I would need more and like it could have you know that, that could have been bad you know path. yeah wow. totally um but this doctor I didn't I don't know he was nice enough but I didn't I wasn't really feeling it I don't think <laughs> being nice right. is yeah, no, not always not, enough. yeah. Right at all. and and I was I was doing this all through Kaiser and they're 
kind of questionable with their mental health care um and they like it was like they contracted me out to somebody so i was like i don't know if this is right i think my mom said like oh you shouldn't be taking clonopin every day um and so um super sketch yeah right and so like so i was able to get a new doctor through kaiser that was like in kaiser like in-house so like um so then she shifted things i think i was on wellbutrin for a while which is like more depression based but it's like I don't know what is it is. It like, it it's it is I think an SSRI or maybe it's an MAOI. I don't know. Um, they both like they affect different. They target different. Do you know what those acronyms like mean? Yeah, SSRI is a some selective. So selective serotonin reuptake uh, inhibitor. Re, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're encyclopedia right here. Great. great. I'm glad you knew it. Um, okay. And then I don't really I don't remember what MAOI is. It's just a different like. Chemical, makeup, I think. Yeah. But um, they work by like a similar mechanism, mm-hmm. just different like receptors. Right. Yeah. They're just yeah. they're working. They block like... different things and right. A lot of reuptake of, you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So. So you um, you stop taking uh clonopin. Clonopin. Yes. Yeah, clonopin, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I stopped taking it, and then instead they gave me Ativan, which is the same thing. Pretty much, but it's um, which is also basically the same thing as Xanax. I feel like everybody knows what Xanax is, yeah. but like there are these other ones that are pretty much the same thing. Right. Um, but yeah, so they give me Ativan, which is actually like that's what they give you like if they're trying to sedate you in a hospital. Right, because that's like, like that, a, a sleepy one um, too, right? They yeah. Have you take that before mm-hmm. bed. Yeah. yeah. Well, this one actually, they just had me taking it if I needed it. Which was so much better. So it's like, I'm about to, yeah, like, you know, I'm panicking. My heart is beating really fast. I can feel that's it coming so on. Okay, so I'll take an Ativan and that'll, like, calm me down. But that's, uh, they also gave me this other thing called propranolol. It's a, um, I believe it's a beta blocker. So it's, like, it's actually yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. That's another um, story. <laughs> so it's, um, it's for, like, um, heart health, you know, right? So, so, um, it's, it high... stops your heart from beating fast. Okay. Yeah. Like, so it's for like, your, blood your heart pressure. literally can't beat fast. Okay. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's for blood pressure, but they give it to you. They give it to people sometimes for anxiety. And so they gave that to me. And so it was basically like, okay, so you're taking like Zoloft or Wellbutrin, whichever one I was on at the time. And you're taking that every day. And then if you're having anxiety, um, take a propranolol. If you're still having anxiety, you take another propranolol. Wow. If that really can't help you, then you take an Ativan and you're just knocked out for a while, basically. Yeah. Wow. That is yeah. insane, that process. They don't do anything yeah. where they teach you, oh, let's get your breath under control. Well, and that's where the therapy, that's what your therapist is supposed to be doing with you, basically. Because oh, okay. there's like the psychiatrist, you go to the psychiatrist and they're just like, what drugs can we give yeah, you to yeah, help yeah. you out? Um, and then there's a therapist who's like supposed to kind of go over those sorts of methods with you right. and then talk out your childhood and blah, 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 all of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but that's what sucks because there's like, there is funding enough for you to go see a psychiatrist, but there's not often a lot of funding for you to be able to go to see a therapist. I like my, my, um, uh, my insurance will totally cover me seeing a psychiatrist, but will not cover me seeing a therapist. Um, and the therapist wow. is like a long term, is a long term. It's um, an investment. You, know. you have to take time. And yeah, but it's. I think it gets it's to like the root cause of what your problem exactly. is instead of just you treating, know, the, treating symptoms. the symptoms. You exactly. see that so yeah. much now. Like yeah. the, we've been. I, I think it's due to money, to be honest, because oh, yeah. it's just like you get the most bang for your buck mm-hmm. uh, by 
you know, yeah. getting this drug. Oh, they can't feel those symptoms, but little do they yeah. know that you're still suffering with all yes. of this, this exactly. horrible emotions that, you know, inhibit your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, people will, um, you know, they'll be on these medications and they'll think like, oh, wow, I'm feeling so good. I'm doing so well. Um, because they're literally like fucking with your physiology. I'm sorry if I'm, should I not be? Cussing? No. Okay. Cussing. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Do your thing. Cool. <laughs> um, you know, they are, um, People feel good because their physiology is is being altered yeah, by these drugs. Yeah, but it's just temporary. Yeah, but it's so common for people to be like, oh, man, I feel so good. I don't need these anymore. And they'll go off, and then they plummet, you know, because yeah. they because that's all that's keeping them up. Because the problem is still up. there, yeah. Exactly. There's a dependency now. I want mm-hmm. that emotion, but I don't mm-hmm. want to work for it. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people probably would be open to to working on it, but there's a lot of stigma around therapy. You know, it makes people think seem weak you know um like you're not perfect handle your own shit you should be able to do it yourself like you're still doing it yourself you're just like if you go to a personal trainer you don't know everything about how to work out you know you You can can still get big you can still do it back to the open mind yeah yeah absolutely um but i think that's also it's kind of a societal thing you know like um this there's sort of uh it's kind of inherent to like toxic masculinity and just like being masculine in general. Like yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's weak. It's kind of feminine to like talk about your feelings. Yeah. And, even, even um, females, like they, oh, that yeah. masculinity, like it transfers over. Absolutely. They just yeah. like, what, you know, you should be, wow, you're messed up. Right. It's like, well, and you know, if we like, if we admit like as, as women, you know, if we admit like we're having these problems, well then we're super high maintenance and like, yeah. and you know, we're not worth the, the help that we need. Um, and it's really, it's really outrageous. Just like how far back a lot of this stems and like how, just how literally systemic systemic at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in my experience, the thing that has helped me the most is has been therapy that like, I don't think I could be where I am at all without therapy. I've been on all these drugs, but, um, but being able to talk things out and, and because a lot of times with my anxiety, I get into these loops in my head of like, oh, I'm terrible because of this and this and this. It's like and an echo chamber yeah. in your own brain. Yeah, and so I'm talking to myself about all of this stuff, and it like is bouncing around, and I don't have another voice. Or at the time, like I didn't really have another voice that was countering any of mm. that stuff. So bringing in a therapist can help you kind of bring in a new like compassionate voice for yourself to like start changing the way that you're talking to yourself in your own head. Um, and that could be through uh, just um, uh, breaking down um, like traumas that have happened in your life, you know, talking about like trauma, uh, traumas from being like a child yeah. or even just uh, growing up just, yeah, just through life, yeah, just through life. But, but also, you know, just, just having them say like, oh, well, you realize, you know, this, this thought that's reverberating in your head, it's really not that big of a deal. And like, let's, you know, let me help you figure out that it's not that big of a deal. Let me help you see that, you know? It's like the so um, what kind of thing, like, it, yeah. yeah, so what? Yeah, yeah. And and then also, you know, doing exercises. There's I I did so many different exercises in therapy and like there were so many different like 
suggestions of what I could do. I mean, that's when I, I took up yoga more like more hardcore, like once I was going to therapy, because I think my therapist at the time was a yoga instructor. So she was a little biased. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Like, um, it really helps. Come to yeah. this studio. She gives you a card. <laughs> right. uh, first week free. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but she, um, but that, that was like, that was very helpful. What, what I learned from her was totally. like, um, so this was actually, this was, you know, fast forward a bit. I went to, um, I moved up to Oakland to go to school and my friend had died um, like literally a month or two right before I moved um, and it was really um, it was really intense it was really violent um, he was killed by officers by cops in Long Beach um, and so um, I think I know this story this is a yeah. he did mushrooms right yeah yes well my friend was friends with him too but really? yeah but okay. I remember I remember like yeah he was heartbroken it was an awful story but it was totally awful yeah, like, that's, that's, yeah, very that's a traumatic. whole other thing i could get into for sure yeah. they did not find psilocybin in his blood really okay that. mm-hmm. okay but um yeah so so that all happened and i moved away and so it was like two big blows my friend died and i was moving away from home for the first time ever and yeah, six big. hours away you know yeah. 18 um, all of those well this i was like uh, i was like 21 maybe uh, but okay. but still yeah. Time, though. yeah wow and so it was it was intense it was awful i was i was more depressed than i'd ever been um and uh and so, but, but thankfully, because I had been through the process of getting a therapist before and like knowing that, okay, medication helps me and all that stuff. I knew, okay, this is what I got to do. Like, I can tell that like, I'm not doing well. Um, I would have really bad anxiety about taking the bus. Like I didn't have a car up there and it's super easy to get around on public transportation up right. there, but I had such anxiety about the bus. I just couldn't do it. And so I would be skipping classes and stuff just cause I, I couldn't do it. Um, and so I was like, all right you know what to do. You need to, like, get your help this way and that way, you know. And you acknowledged so, it. Mm-hmm. So you, you yeah. identified that, okay, I need to, mm-hmm. something's going on here. I yeah. Know. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'd already kind of been through it before. I'd been through anxiety. I'd been through depression. I had had a therapist, like, kind of long-term um, before I moved. So I was like, I know what I need to do. So I made sure I got a therapist. I started seeing a doctor. Um, and... I think at that point I started taking Zoloft again. I think I, I don't know why I went off of it. I, I was, honestly, I was kind of dumb at times and I just would like stop taking the medication because I was just like, I don't really need this or some, some sort of side effect would come up. I don't and think that's like, dumb. I, I think a lot of people that. think that. I think a lot of people do, but it, it's not super safe. So I will say that as like to a just disclaimer. Take, stop cold turkey. Yeah, a lot of times it's not safe to just like stop at cold turkey because emotions and also side effects and you know chemicals and all of that stuff, depending on like how high your dosage is, I think. Yeah. But, um, but it's not. Yeah, it's just not super safe. And some of them, it'll be you'll actually have like a withdrawal sort of like um, situation afterwards. Some of them you won't. Um, I think I was probably, I was mostly okay, but I, I still like, it would have been better if I had talked to a doctor and kept going through it. Um, they were just like, just, I don't know, things would tip me off a little bit, but, um, once I moved to the Bay, I got a new, um, I got a new therapist, unfortunately through Kaiser, they could only let, like, they could only have me see this one therapist like once a month. And I was like, I can't do this. Wow. So thankfully I was able to get a therapist through school. 
Um, which is, it's a big... That's amazing. Yeah. I did the same thing when I went to school in Colorado. Yeah. So it's such it's an good, amazing right? thing. I'm so glad that they do that. That's a wonderful resource on so many college campuses ah. is that they have these, these like counseling sessions and a lot of times they give you so many for free or whatever, and you know? Yeah. I got it's, 10 yeah. sessions for free and then after that it was oh, yeah. $20 a session. Which is not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. And so, so I did that and this therapist, I just like, I totally fell in love with her. She was like, she was the perfect fit for me at that point and so um so like like at the end of the school year she was going to be transferring to her own private practice and I followed her there because it felt worth it and I paid way too much and it was very stressful how much I had to pay for her out of pocket afterwards but it felt super worth it to me at that point you found Um, your person when you there's a right fit to everything you know totally and with that it's you have to be you have to share your raw self, you mm-hmm. know, and you have mm-hmm. to really, it, it, that takes a lot of effort. And if that person you're not vibing with, that's a huge deal. Even if it's just totally. a little bit of, you know, like, totally. oh, I got a weird vibe. I, I, yeah. I've, I've, I've had a couple of different therapists and a couple of them I like, I couldn't be myself. It was weird. Yeah. Kind of how you were saying you kind of had to put on a different face mm-hmm. for all these different things. I felt like I wasn't being my true self. Yeah. And then some people I was, I was, it, they really just were like, hey, it's okay. Like, yeah. do you? Yeah, if you feel like you need to put on a mask for a therapist, though, you probably That's need to problem. find a different therapist. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. But, like, um, but, yeah, no, totally. Like, um, once you find that right therapist, that right person that you feel really comfortable with, you can be yourself with, you can mm-hmm. really share it all, that's perfect. Because the more open you can be, the more vulnerable you can be, the more crap you can just, you can tackle and get through. You can um, face it. Yeah, exactly. And and in this case, like this this therapist, she was gentle enough for what I needed at that point, um, but also challenging me pretty constantly. You know, like uh, why are like like the bus situation. You know, we would talk a lot about like, well, what is it about the bus that's making you anxious? You know, what about can the we? Bus? You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what can you know? What uh, can we do to like make this more? like easier for you how can we make this foolproof like can we agree for you to try this blah 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 whatever you know um and and it was great it was it was so helpful to have her um and in that time period I was kind of off and on medicate off yeah on and off medication um with the help of a doctor um but um to be totally honest, if we're going to talk about, like, mental health and, and the physiology of it, um, these, um, a lot of SSRIs can have, like, sexual side effects, um, and that was something that I was dealing with that was really pissing me off, and honestly, I went off multiple times because of that, because I was like, I'm young, damn it, you know? Yeah, this is my Like, this is, this is stupid, um, and, uh, you know, I'm a young, liberated woman, I'm in the Bay Area, damn yeah. it, you know? Yeah, Bay Area, me! <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, super, um, yeah. That's yeah. a part of people, you know? Totally. You can't and, just put that in the corner. And that's a real thing, that's something that I don't think that people have talked about enough yet, we don't have a lot of information about it, or how to work around that yet. Um, I wanted to deny it, abstinence, you know, and that's that right? thing. Well, I had, I talked to my, a doctor one time, and he said, he was like, well, when you're really feeling this bad, you kind of got to choose then, you know, like, what's more important to you, like, feeling better or, like, having good sex? And I'm like, all right, I hear you. Depends on the but weekend. But I would like both. That'd yeah. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. 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 Um, but, um, uh, let's see. Yeah, so, um... 
I, oh, I had to stop seeing that therapist after a little while. I saw her for maybe, like, two years consistently and made, like, incredible progress. That was, like, one of the best times ever. Able to ride the bus, like, you were able to do all that stuff, get Mm -hmm. back to it. And, like, and through seeing her, I realized, like, I needed to switch majors at my school, and that really helped a lot, and it helped, you know, like, I was able to reach out to people and make more friends, and she was just able to help me, um recognize the things that were holding me back and also then recognize what strengths I had and what I do see in myself and how to like keep fostering those strengths and keep uh keep telling myself like these are strengths you know like like how can I keep using these and how can I keep moving forward um and yeah that was great but um I had to stop seeing her because she, like, she moved to L.A. and then she got a teaching job or something like that. Or, or a counseling job at a school or something. So, oh, so, okay. so she just was, like, not doing private practice anymore. Um, but then um, I just went without a therapist for a little while. Um, I saw somebody at school kind of, like, off and on. But at that point, I was feeling kind of okay. I was like, maybe I can do this. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I sort of plummeted again once, like, me and my, my ex, like, our relationship was, like, really going downhill. Um, I realized I really needed that support. So I went to somebody uh, at school again, saw them for a little while. They couldn't, they couldn't keep me on their, um, on their schedule because it was pretty full. Right. Um, and then I tried to see somebody through Kaiser, didn't work out. Um, they like couldn't get me somebody. Um, actually, the worst part, like I got so fed up with all of this, like maybe a year and a half ago now, um, because I was really needing a therapist, and like especially with my like body dysmorphia and stuff, it was really plaguing me so hardcore and I was like it was almost like um you know they say that like with OCD you often will have these thoughts that just like go through your mind and you literally cannot think of anything else and you are just completely paralyzed by that like having to to repeat actions like just to satisfy that just to move forward in your day and so with the body dysmorphia I was like I was paralyzed just thinking about my body all day and how like fucked up it was even though it wasn't you know it's just like a totally like I I totally blew it all out of proportion but in my head like I just could not stop thinking about it it warps it and yeah and and then I couldn't get anything else done it was rough and ultimately I ended up putting it into my art and that was really helpful um but I had read that like cognitive behavioral therapy was like the way to do it like to get rid of that And, and that's like part of that is like exposure therapy basically so it's like you they expose you to your fears and that helps you work through them yeah and, um, and like a progressive way or like full-blown yeah. face your fear well i honestly i didn't end up getting to do it honestly and i'll get to that but um but um that's what I've, I've heard it's like it's pretty intense it's supposed to be like short term you don't do cognitive behavioral therapy for a long period of time you just do it for short term because it's supposed to really help you radically like pretty quickly mm-hmm. um and I had had, a, a few years ago, I had had a doctor who, um, through Kaiser, who uh, gave me a recommendation for it, and so I was able to go, but I didn't end up going because I was just in a rough patch, and I was like, I, I, Not right. I don't want this, I can't do this. Um, and uh, But at this point, maybe a year and a half ago or something, I was like, this is this is something that I could really benefit from. Um, and so I talked to my doctor and I was like, I would really like this. And around the same time, I was actually trying to get off the medication that I had been on. Okay. So this medication was called Velazodone and it's like a newer, it's a, um, a newer SSRI or it's like, I don't know, some sort of 
It's it's maybe not an SSRI. It's something different. It's called Velazodone. Velazodone. Okay. It's it's new. It's pretty new. And actually, I looked it up. It like targets the same uh, inhibitors as acid does, or it, like it hits the same really? something or other. Acid, acid does. Was affected like all throughout the brain. It's like hard to like pinpoint exactly. What yeah, it's doing. like a lot of brain activity. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that too. Um, but when I read this, it said there's this one specific space that it hits that like that maybe it's similar does. to acid or something. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. I believe that. Yeah. 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 Um, and so this one though was supposed to be, you know, it wasn't supposed to have any sexual side effects. Um, but it was kind of hardcore. So like I started taking it and I had the worst stomach issues, like shits up the wazoo. Uh, So bad. Um, and, uh, but then like, you know, once I got on it, it was like your body kind of had to acclimate to it. Once I got on it, it was fine. Um, and I actually felt pretty good on it okay, for the cool. first, like, you know, little bit of time. And then I took it for, I was on it for maybe eight months or something. And I, I was getting more stressed about other things. And it was like the stress was overriding the medication. And I was already at, like, the highest dose. And so I started getting these zaps in my brain. I would like be starting to fall asleep and mm-hmm. my head, it would just like zap and like, and sometimes I like, right. And my like whole body would like twitch and I'd wake Whoa, up fuck. and I couldn't go back to sleep. And it was really fucking intense. It would happen. Only when you were trying to sleep? Is that when it Mostly. Yeah, mostly. And then I just would have like headaches during the day and be super foggy and like, it was really, really bad. Um, Whoa. And, uh, that was intense. It was really intense. Um, and, uh, the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never had that it was just before. Wow. First time, yeah. And um, and then so it started happening pretty regularly. And I was like, I would be walking sometimes, and it would feel like I was about to faint, but then I wouldn't faint. Like, I would go for, like, a second and then, like, catch myself and be fine. And I never actually fainted, but I, like, there were times where I kind of tripped over myself because right. it was like I was about to faint and I was standing up, you know? Right, yeah. Um, Almost like you stood up too fast and, like, that kind of no, feeling? No, no, it wasn't like, even fuzzy. Just it just like was like... Yeah, it just felt like everything's going down. Like I'm about to shut down. Like I, it was like I was like a like a TV. Like like the like, power's like, going you know, off. Or like the the computer. <laughs> they ask you like, are you sure you want to shut down now or something? Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. you get to that point, and so I'm like, all right, I'm getting ready. But then like I would like wake up. You, you know, um, I would never like fully fall asleep or pass out. But it was really fucking scary because I would have these apps, and then I would like almost be passing out, and I was like, oh my god, what the hell is happening? And at first I was like. I didn't really say anything because I was scared. Um, and then I brought it up to Chris at one point because we were in Philadelphia or in New Jersey with his family at one point. And they were super, they are just crazy people. And they were like <laughs> stressing me out like crazy. Yeah. And so I just was having these zaps like crazy. And it was really hot and humid. And I was like having these fainting like spells sort so of. Everything and, was gone. And, and I just was, I was thought, I thought like, oh, it's just like it's everything around me. But, um, but then I got home and it was the same thing. I just, I kept having the same thing. And so I talked to my doctor and he was like, oh yeah, that's normal. So <laughs> He's the like, medication? yeah, it happens. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, you too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, um, I don't remember what he called it, but he said it was something like, like serotonin, just like, like moving real quick through your brain. Like, just like yeah. being like, being like, uh, just like transferred Jolted through around. your brain, like super quick. And it just like, you know. Be freaky, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, but he told, but he was like, yeah, that's normal. But you know, I can give you, um, I can give you this other medication to oh counteract it. And so Here's like, some right, more fine. medication. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so he put incredible. me on this thing called gabapentin, which oh, is a yeah. yeah, it's an anticonvulsant, I think. Um, 
I'm pretty sure. It's so like mostly they give it or no, it's for neural pain. Yeah, so for like yeah. neuropathy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they give it to people with like epilepsy too. Um and uh actually my mom got it for fibromyalgia one time. She said oh, okay. it didn't help her, but I don't know. I don't know about that. But you know, um, you think it did help her? It could have. I think she was not open to it. Yeah. She yeah. already shut it down in her brain. Yeah. Okay. That's a whole other thing. I but, totally um, know that one. Yeah. I yeah. know that one hardcore, yeah. Right. Um, but this actually, this stuff helped really well. And he said like, it was like, um, you know, it's no, no side effects, super low impact on your body in general, basically. Um, and so I started taking that along with this medication and it helped. I felt better. Like I honestly, when I would take it, I would. Yeah. So that was the thing. Like I had like a little bit of time where I didn't have the zaps really, um, when I was on it and this medication when I would take it would make me feel high basically and like really just like well not the gabapentin high, made like, you feel high yeah. or taking it in conjunction with the um, the gabapentin the did the gabapentin by itself did. that made you feel high really well I was taking both at the same time so it could have been in conjunction I'm not really sure mm-hmm. but I've taken it alone since then and it um it just it's maybe not high it's like uh a caffeine jolt you know like I feel more yeah I feel more sociable I feel like um I just feel higher energy in general Hmm. um and so that was really cool and I was really enjoying it um but I but then like a week later or something I was getting the zaps again and so um I waited a little while and then I was like no fuck this I don't want to deal with this this really sucks and at that point I'd been yeah Yeah. right like I I don't want to die like this makes me feel like I'm gonna die you know (laughs) like it's awful um and that kind of makes me feel more anxious yeah (laughs) it's just like a (laughs) self-perpetuated thing dude it's crazy so yeah so I went off of that and like it was like a slow process I had to take some time to to get off of it because I was on a high dose but um and it was it was a little rough like coming off of it honestly but um but the gabapentin